and we are live. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Upward Study. So we are here today. Good morning, Esther. Good morning, Kay. How are you today? I am fabulous. Thank you to everyone who is watching and who has um, chosen to join us either live or the replay. Y'all make sure to tell us where you are watching from. What are we talking about today, Esther? We are talking today about the virtuous woman. Uh, we're going to be piggybacking a little bit on last week and really kind of setting the stage. It's hard to be a virtuous woman in the 20th century. Sister, <laughs> preach. And, you know, back, it, sometimes it seems like back in 2000 years ago, whenever the Bible was written, it seemed like that time was easier, but then it wasn't, you know. It's really easier for us now because, you know, we, everything is, my pastor's so cute. He said, uh, you know, microwave popcorn. Sometimes we get impatient with how long it takes to cook that microwave popcorn. Right. Yes, and yeah. and it's the truth. We live in a microwave society and time, but it's still, you know, hurry. You know, I'm always in a hurry. You know, I'm such a hurry that I run through the house sometimes, you know, which is kind of crazy. But so really, bring in those what how can we still be virtuous and supportive to our families today Hallelujah. that's what we're really going to be talking about being good wives good stewards good mothers good grandmothers good prayer warriors that is so good that is so make sure to love and share this if you're catching it on the facebook public page you can share this if you're catching it through youtube you can share this if you want to be in our private group, the Upward Ladies Bible Study private group, where you can interact with this feed and it be private and confidential, you are welcome to join our private group. Just drop down in the comments or send us an email at upwardstudy at gmail.com to be included in our private group. So I'm excited. Um, let's open up in prayer and then let's bring our friends on y'all. We have a good round table for you today. I have my friend, sister Carlita Chandler. And who do you have today, Miss Esther? I have Johnny McGathery. We're so excited. <laughs> we are so excited. So we're going to bring them on because we're two or more gathered. He is there also. So we're glad that you're here today, but we're also going to bring sister Johnny. Good morning. Morning, Johnny. Good morning. And we're going to bring on Sister Carlita. Now, Carlita is taking a friend to the doctor. So you may see her blip in and out, um, but she is with us and she is on fire for the word. So, so yes. Esther. Father, we just thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for the privilege to just come boldly before the throne room of grace, Lord. Father, I just thank you for your word, God, that cuts like a two-edged sword, and God, that changes us, Lord. Father, I pray for every woman that is watching today, Lord. God, bring in those who are in need of a Savior, Lord, and who are in need of change, and Lord, in need of, of prayer for their husbands, for their children, and for their grandchildren. We stand in agreement with them today. Father, we just pray that you give us wisdom and knowledge and understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' holy name. I muted myself. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. 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 All right, Kay. So what are you going to open us up with this morning in Proverbs? 
Well, let me go ahead and share my screen. Let me get Carlita back in. We're going to talk a little bit about why do we even study? You know, I think in life we're like, I don't even know what direction to go, Lord. Like I, I need a, an owner's manual. Like, can I get some revelation here? Because I don't know why things are going awry. And at the beginning of Proverbs, it says that these are wise saying written down so we'll know how to live well and right to understand what life means and where it's going a manual for living for learning what's right and just and fair to teach the inexperienced the ropes and give our young people a grasp on reality there's something here also for seasoned men and women still a thing or two for the experience to learn and so that's from chapter one and so that tells us why we're doing what we're doing um and where we can go to get the wisdom and knowledge that we need that's a good word and the word is not condemning it's teaching and it's changing and it's instructing us and god knows we all fail daily that's what the word says that we die daily so we just pick ourselves up we just dust ourselves off but we just keep on amen so and the and the word also says that we transform our lives by the renewing and that's what we daily want to do is is transform ourselves with with renewing our minds to the word of god yes Yes. Amen. Amen. So, uh, Kay, let's start with Proverbs 31. And we're just going to talk for a minute about Proverbs 1 through 9. And here was, I really feasted on this for a week. We, you know, we've talked about this in length this week. And I really feasted on Proverbs 31 all week, two or three times a day. Um, and what I really loved that caught my eye was the king's mother instructed her son. Now, how many of us have sons? And we want the very best for our sons. So in our example on how we live, Listen, I messed up more times than not as a mother when my kids were young, you know, and would give anything to redo it. But I, I at least told them what I expected, you know, and what I wanted their wives to look like. And so here this mother is instructing her son on what his wife needs to be like. Um, and I loved this because it was such a it was from the heart of a mother loving her son and saying, man, I want you to have the very best that is out there. But um, also for mothers of daughters saying, man, I want you to be this woman. I want you to be virtuous and strong and uh, modest and valued and loved. And I don't want you to have a husband that is um, full of wine and drunkardness and this kind of behavior, you know? Um, so let's drop down to uh, 10. 
Who can find a wife of noble character? She's far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will not lack anything good. She rewards him with good and not evil all the days of her life. She selects wool and black and works with willing hands. She's like the merchant ship bringing her food from a far away. She rises while it is still night and provides food for her household and portion for her female servants. Um, so here what I'm seeing is basically a wife who serves her husband. And we kind of live in a day and time where we go, I got your maid, you get that. Uh, but how can we really change that? We need to be a soft place to land for our husbands. And I'm guilty, I'm not always that soft place to land. Uh, but we need to be a soft place for them. We need to, uh, and you know, we were kind of talking about this yesterday, Johnny and I were, women don't sew anymore. You know, uh, Tom needed me to sew for about five months. Finally the other day he brought me needle and thread so I can sew a button on. We don't take that kind of time anymore because now it's just so easy to go on Amazon and just click on and have it shipped. You don't have to go to the stores. You know, and 15 seconds rises up while it's still nighttime and provides food for her household. And I think sometimes just taking that extra 15 minutes to get up 15 minutes early. Listen, sleeping 15 minutes extra during the day is not going to change your world. Getting up an extra 15 minutes early and saying, oh, here, you know, even throwing something in the air fryer, but putting it on the table where we could talk with our children for 15 minutes before school starts, giving our children a piece that starts in the morning or having breakfast and praying over our kids that they have a good day and shielding them and protecting them from the dangers at school, you know, just 10 minutes, 15 minutes a day is going to change our husband and our children's life if we give them quality 10 or 15 minutes. Amen. Okay. Amen to that. Well, and you know, I know it's hard being a mama. It's hard getting up and, and making breakfast and have, being in a good mood because you're tired and it's like an obligation. But I think whenever we switch that mindset and we say, you know what? What about this 15 minutes that I get to spend with my kids and my husband serving? We get so much out of serving. It sounds like it's taking from us, but when we get to the other side of service, it always gives back to us. We always have something to take away and treasure from giving of our time and our resources, especially to our kids and our husbands and our, you know, and to just, you know, you're going to take something away, even, you know, if you just treasure the moment, like Mary pondered these things in her heart about Jesus as he was growing, you know, the kids fight, the kids argue, they're, sometimes they're ungrateful. Uh, but at the same time, you can treasure that you got to spend that time with them and help mold their character and teach them life lessons as they're fighting. Maybe you have to use your spatula on more than the egg, but that's okay. You're teaching them life lessons. And I think 
you know, if we just keep our eye on the prize, that this gives us wisdom um, whenever we impact our families with what we're learning from the biblical truths. And so uh, Carlita is jumping in and out. She's having bad signal. And of course, you know, we have a great message and she had an excellent selection in the Bible to read. Um, I'm going to pull up yours, Miss Johnny, if you will read starting at 16 um, and go on down to 25. Let's see. These numbers are okay. She sets her heart upon a nation and takes it as her own, carrying it within her. She labors there to plant the living vines. She wait, she wraps herself in strength, might, and power in all her works. She tastes and experiences a better substance. And her shining light will not be extinguished, no matter how dark the night. She stretches out her hands to help the needy, and she lays hold of the wheels of government. She is known by her extravagant generosity to the poor, for she always reaches out her hands to those in need. She is not afraid of tribulation, for all her household is covered in the dual garments of righteousness and grace. Her clothing is beautifully knit together, a purple gown of exquisite linen. Her husband is famous and admired by all, sitting as the venerable judge of his people. Even her works of righteousness she does for the benefit of her enemies. Bold power and glorious majesty are wrapped around her as she laughs with joy over the latter days. You want me to continue? That's a lot to chew on. Yes. <laughs> Let's pause there. So, Johnny, what does this say to you? It says to me that she is a woman that is aware of everything. I think the thing as I went back and reread this chapter, the thing that stuck out to me was she lays hold of the wheels of government. I think for centuries, women have not been included in the conversation. And I think today it's really important that women are aware of what is going on and decisions that are made because ultimately it is going to concern her family. And she's, she is aware of the needy and she reaches out her hands to those in need. So she not only is taking care of her household, but she reaches out to others that are in need. And sometimes it's just as much as taking toilet paper to a halfway house. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just reaching out to someone else. And I think that is so important because she's teaching her children how to serve as she serves. You know, not only is she serving her husband and her children, but she's teaching her children. We need to teach our children how to serve because we live in a time of entitlement. You know, of entitlement and that's a dangerous place to be you know but you know and 
I was kind of thinking about this this morning, just kind of walking through early praying. And if your children are grown adults, it's still not too late. It's still not too late to go, hey, let's do this. Let's let's give to that. But um, that is one thing that I've really impressed on to teach my grandson. Uh, he was just a few months old his first Christmas and we gave to a needy family before we let him have Christmas. And that has become a tradition. And this year will be his third one. Um, and teaching our, if we didn't spend a lot of time teaching our children to pray, teaching our grandchildren to pray. It's not too late to teach, uh, to continue to teach. It's not, all too often we have so much regret of, oh, I should have taught my kids this, I should have taught them that. Well, let's start from today. And again, Let's start teaching our grandchildren. You know? you know, one thing that years ago I heard someone say that your kids will not hear a thing you say, but they see everything that you do. So I think you teaching them by your actions just reaps harvest into the into their future because as you're teaching Clessy that we reach out and that we are going to help someone before we have our fun and pleasure that that's just who we are and I have with my children and grand grandchildren as I talk to them I go well this is what we do this is who we are and I think that is just ingrained in them because I see the way they reach out and the things that they do for other people. That's so good. You said, you know, they see what we're doing. They may not hear what we're saying, but they see what they're, what we're doing. And, you know, sometimes we have to, we have to bite our lips. Sometimes we have to just take the high road and our children see that. And they are like, I can't believe that you walked away from that situation. I can't believe that you still did such and such to help. Um, even in her work of righteousness, she does for the benefit of her enemies. And it says God, God reigns on the righteous and on the unrighteous. And so, um, Whenever we do what we do for everyone to benefit everyone, whether we like them or not, whether we're in a place of understanding where someone is at or not, we do anyway because God did for us first, which also goes back to last week. Are we looking at the plank in our own eye when someone else just has a sawdust? You know what I mean? We do for them anyway so that they can see the light of God. Can you hear me now? Yes. Uh, well, and you know what? And I think too, this also goes back to generations. So generations are curses, but they're also blessings. So, you know, are we going to, you know, being a chaplain in the jail, I see generations. And unfortunately, sometimes talking to women, they're like, well, you know, my mom's in that tank. And unfortunately, I've met mother and daughters. Uh, in the same cell uh, or women, you know, their dad and their father and their brother and, you know, are all on the other side. So it goes both ways there. You could have an addiction or you could be abusive or you could be full of poverty or whatever it is. 
uh, or we can teach our children blessings. We can teach them blessings and cursings. It goes both ways, you know. So being that um, as women, being that stability and being that rock and being that example, we have a lot of power, ladies. And I don't mean it like that, but we really do. We have a lot of, um, I think oh, we set a big example. I, we have a lot of authority. That's a good word. We have a lot of authority where our family is concerned. So how are we going to use it? Um, how are we going to use that authority? One of the verses that you shared before the study was Proverbs 21, verse 9. And I have it actually highlighted in three different versions. Better to live on a corner of the roof than share a house with a quarrelsome wife. Uh, the easy to read says it is better to live in a small corner on the roof than to share the house with a woman who is always arguing. But the message says better to live alone in a tumble down shack than share a mansion with a nagging spouse. And so if your kids have ever nagged you, if you've ever nagged your spouse, <laughs> I mean, it, enough is enough, right? Whenever someone says, mom, 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 a thousand times better to live in a tumble down shack than with someone that is a nagger. And so we are responsible for how we behave and nagging. Uh, it's not giving love. You know, if you've ever heard me talk, I always talk about, are you giving love or are you taking love? And nagging is on the taking love side. So what can you do uh, instead of nagging? How can you help? I think there's a way to look at that. Well, and I think, too, that there's so many scriptures that we could have added in with Proverbs 31. We could always add in uh, blessing our children instead of cursing them. And that's talking with, you know, saying, oh, you're so smart instead of going, oh, you're so you are so stupid. I can't believe you didn't figure that one out or being angry. And there's just so much that we pour into their our children when they're young that they reap, but so do we. Amen. I mean, we reap it too. I want to go real fast to Galatians 5. And we're going to come back to this. But we read this last week, Galatians 5 and 22. We read this last week, but it kept coming back to me today. It really did. Because this is also a virtuous woman. But the fruit Oh, this is different than mine. Uh, but the fruit that the spirit produces in the person's life of love, joy, peace, patient, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these kinds of things. It's hard to be loving and patient and peaceful and kind when you have had a really bad day. And your kids come home from school Mom, I'm so hungry. Mom, Wednesday, I'm not going to be ready. Mom, I need to go get this before school tomorrow. Mom, and then your husband comes home and you've worked all day and the house is clean. And they, hello, we live in, we live in real life here. Sometimes it's hard to have those things and to feel that way. Loving and kind and have self-control. It is. 
but sometimes just being humble enough to go back at the end of the day and go, you know what? I am so sorry. I had a really bad day. You know, that goes a long way for our children. It goes a long way for our husbands. And I don't know about you, but I had to learn these things. I had to be, I had to eat uh, like a whole bakery of humble pie to learn these things. Um, and even when I am right, I will tell my husband, I'm sorry, babe, just for peace sake. And I've had to teach him to tell me he's sorry when he's wrong. <laughs> but sometimes just taking, like you said, the high road and just being the peacemaker. The Bible says he who uh, who the peacemaker will inherit the land and sometimes just bring in peace to my home because I don't want to live in chaos and to be fighting and to be ugly. But let's go on where it says those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified their, uh, their sinful self. They have given up their old selfish feelings and the evil things that they wanted to do. We get our new life from the spirit. So we should follow the spirit. We must not feel proud and boast about ourselves. We must not cause trouble for each other or be jealous of each other. And a righteous woman is not jealous or proud or boastful. Uh, Romans, and I'm throwing this one at you so you don't have to pull it up, but Romans 3 and 10 says, there's no one righteous, no, not even one. Sometimes being, let's go back to being humble, is not being so self-righteous to go, oh my gosh, I am so great. I am so lifted up. But really being so humble and loving and supporting our husbands in their work, in their ministry, and whatever God's called them to do, but taking the back seat and just praying for them and, and lifting them up and pushing them to the forefront. You know, we are not so self-righteous. No one is righteous. No, not even one. And I think as a righteous woman, um, which I'm not righteous by any means, um, but being a virtuous woman is not thinking that I have just so got it all together and I am so awesome and amazing. You know, but being humble and meek and kind and not serving so that everybody can see you and you can glorify yourself. But the Bible says that he who is last shall be first and he who is first shall be last. And so I don't know about y'all, but I always want to be last because boy, when you call my number, man, I want to be right at the front line. I don't want to have to wait. You know, Jesus, I'm ready. Beam me up. I want to be at the front of the line. I'm ready to go in. And so I, I think just our daily talking to ourselves, again, piggybacking on last week, where last week, what do people think of us? Really just saying to myself, you know, getting up in the morning and desiring to die daily. This morning I was praying. I said, Lord, please just shut my big mouth. <laughs> Shut my big mouth when I say something that I don't need to say. If, if, if I offend my husband or my children, 
And I owe them an apology because I did that because I opened my big mouth. And just saying, God, shut my big mouth. You know, getting up in the morning and say, God, humble me that I would bless my children, that I would bless my husband, that I would bless my grandchildren, that I'd bless those that you called me to serve, that I'm not so busy in the grocery store thinking about what I need to hurry up and do, but seeing somebody that I that I know that looks sad and hugging them and taking a minute to bless them is and serve them. That's what being a that's what it talks about in Proverbs. Um, when we serve, when she was serving, maybe not going and picking in the garden and going taking somebody, you know, fresh food or going to the chicken coop and giving fresh eggs to somebody, which yeah, people still do that. Um, and I love it when people do that for me. Thank you, Regina, because she brings me fresh eggs. But, you know, but seeing that person that is in need, that's what serving, that's what being a virtuous woman is, taking the time to love somebody. Because I don't know about you, but man, I've been there where I just needed somebody to hug me. I just needed to cry for a minute. I just needed to know, man, it's going to be okay. You know, um, I'm going to do a shout out real fast to Johnny because anytime I call Johnny and I'm down and out, I know that I can pick up the phone and I can call her and I can cry and she'll just get on to me if I'm wrong. She'll pray with me and she'll encourage me and I can call her 10 times a day if I'm having a bad day. She's just going to pick me up. You know, I don't have a mama to go to. So Johnny is my mama that I go to. And to never being turned down, she's my security. She's my soft place. She's my uh, wisdom and my knowledge. And I'm so thankful for that. Being that virtuous example for someone. Okay, I've talked y'all zero. Somebody else gets a chance. Because <laughs> I could preach all day. So let me move on. You know, I had I had the the best mother. I had the Proverbs 31 mother. So when I read this, I see my mother. I see my mother that her instructions were loving and kind and that even though she didn't use a lot of words, but everything she did was kind and it it was just that's just the way we did things. So when I got married and had kids, that was the way I did things because right or wrong, I saw that and I thought it was good. And I often think about women today because life is so different today and, and women work all day and then drive through, drive through and pick up something and feed their kids and go to bed and they have little interaction. And really the, the kids, they don't see this. They don't, all they see is what goes on at school or at daycare after school. And I, I think that this is a very, a perfect time for us to talk about this woman because our world needs this woman desperately. So I came from the generation of latchkey kids, the first generation of latchkey kids. And so if you don't know what a latchkey key kid is, it's whenever it started becoming cool for your kids to walk home after school and use their key to get in and sit at home by themselves. And so 
I love my mother and I would never dishonor my mother, but she was checked out. Um, she worked. Um, she was a single mom. Um, she tried to get all the overtime she could. Um, we were the first generation of hamburger helper. Um, we were the generation of, uh, you know, do it yourselfers. You know, you take care of yourself. You you feed yourself. You do your thing right. Um, while mom is exhausted back there in the back room reading a book, trying to get some me time in, um, but forgetting about um, the two littles that she had, not because she didn't love us, but yes. because she was exhausted. And so, um, and it just keeps producing, producing generation after generation. And, and it is time for us to say, you know what, um, maybe I need to pull back a little bit. Maybe those extra hours at work are not worth the time that I'm losing with my children. Um, and so, uh, and, and it takes a big woman to say, you know what, I like to have the nicer things, but I'd rather make a difference in my children and in my family. And so our children are watching. Um, my Mimi is the one that I looked at. My Mimi is the one who I said, I want to be like her. My Mimi is the one who said, Vanita Kay, just set those babies' feet in the right direction. And that's the premise of my ministry. Just set their feet in the right direction. It gives me chills, y'all, because we're called to set the feet in the right direction. And if there is such a time as this, now is the time that we need to stand up against bad music. Now is the time that we need to stand up against bad behavior, not to be judgy, not to say that we're holier than anyone else, because I'm going to tell you, I listened to some ludicrous. I pumped it on my radio. I'm not going to lie. Like I am not perfect. Right. But now is the time to say, you know what? The scales has been, have been lifted and I see the fight in the heavenlies. We can all agree that there is a power that we cannot see, right? There is a battle in between flesh and blood, right? There's a battle against good and evil in our wor world. Even those who don't believe see that there is good and there is evil. Yes. We're Amen. called to pull our sword, right? And by the way, I'm doing a book study on girls with swords. You guys, if you're interested, let me know and I'll get you added. But it says in the Bible, you know, Peter, I am a Peter. I pull my sword, right? But Jesus told Peter to put that sword away. It's one thing to carry it. It's another thing to cut off an ear, right? And so we are to armor up. And that's what this word of God is doing. The Proverbs 31 woman is not who you have to be. It's a guideline of a good woman that a good man should look for, right? So remember this. I mean, we're all broken, right? But remember this, a strong man is looking for a strong woman. Will he take on a broken woman? Thank goodness, right? Thank goodness, Right. Because I have a strong man who picked up a hot mess. But it takes a week, a weak man. He's looking for a weak woman. Believe me, I've been married to someone who was oppressing a woman. Right. Who's who's nothing was good enough. And we don't have to stand for that as long as we stand in God's power. Doesn't mean we have to stand up and be dis, you know, uh, disrespectful. But it means that we need to stand up in love. 
We need to stand up with joy and praise our God. We need to stand up and be peaceful even when it's hard. We need to show patience when we don't have it and be kind and good and faithful. Work hard to be gentle and have some self-control because whenever we're trying our hardest to do those things, nothing can come against us, right? God is for us. Who can be against us? I'll step down next. <laughs> Sorry. Before we run out of time, I want to read those next two scripture because I think this is so important right now. Her teachings are filled with wisdom and kindness as loving instruction pours from her lips. She watches over the ways of her household and meets every need they have. I think today we are so busy that sometimes we're not aware of what's going on in our own household that we're just we're just faking it you know we're just with that hamburger helper we're just slopping it in a pot and going on and thinking that as long as we kind of coat the outside and it's looking pretty good everything is okay and I, I just I, I just think this is so important for these days for, you know, having more doesn't always make you feel better. $500 pair of shoes doesn't, it may be good when you buy them and you wear them that first time, but they're going to hurt your feet. <laughs> so I, I think that, that maybe we're not thinking beyond ourselves because once you become a mama it's really not about you anymore and teaching and being aware of what's going on in your household is very important i think too one of the greatest gifts that we can give our our families is to pray over them before they hit the door sometimes if we i wake up you know, we wake up at four or five o'clock in the morning, you know, taking that time to not just lay in bed and go, oh, God, why did I wake up? But to get up and take that extra few minutes because we don't know what could could arise, a car accident, a, you know, a fight at school, uh, whatever. And there is absolute danger that lurks. Um, my husband and I share his Facebook and he um has a lot of young girls that are will send private messages and go hi or how are you and you know we'll look and see where they came from and they'll come from pastors and you know men that work you know that own companies so you know tom now just leaves them for me and i will go and i'll find them and i'll block them and i'll delete them blah 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 but for our husbands to pray over them. I know at least five or six pastors that have fallen. So we need to pray over our husbands when they walk out the door because there are, uh, there is such a, a Jezebel spirit in the world. There's such a spirit of seduction that is out to steal, kill and destroy. We need to pray over our sons um, that they don't fall into that trap and that generational curse of lust and, and um, 
you know, men are just physical creatures where we are emotional creatures, you know, so we need to spend that quality time praying over our husbands and our sons before they go out the door and praying over our daughters um, and praying over, um, you know, I have a daughter that's 26. I know we've kind of talked a lot about our families today, but I have a daughter who's 26 and she is so career driven and she is so strong um, and I admire her. I, I just said, from the minute she wanted to go to college, I said, you go to college and you know what? Your credentials are not being a wife and a mother at 20. Don't, don't do that. And so when the time comes and her husband is her husband, he's going to come about, you know why? Cause I started praying for her as an infant and I prayed about the kind of husband that she's going to have one who will love her and honor her, that will love Jesus, that will teach her, treat her like Christ, you know, taught, you know, loves the church. He will love my daughter. I am praying my son-in-law into existence and I prayed my daughter-in-law into existence. And at our uh, kid's wedding, I washed her feet because I knew what she had already endured and what she would endure with my son and loving her and honoring her and thankful for my daughter-in-law. Um, and my oldest son is 34 and isn't married, but you know what? I'm still praying his wife in. And I don't know when he's gonna find her, but I want her to love him and to adore him and to be able to tolerate him and his stubbornness. <laughs> you know, we need to pray for our husbands and our children. It's the greatest gift that we can give them. And that is the greatest gift that we can be as a virtuous woman. What do people see? Are we trustworthy as women? Can people count on us in the church? Can they can they trust us with our deepest secrets? Can they? You know, the world is looking for virtuous women. What kind of example are we in us dying daily and us looking at ourselves and going, do people see a hot mess when they see us? Do they see somebody trustworthy, you know, untrustworthy, or do they see somebody trustworthy? What are our characteristics? Are they loving, kind, patient? Are they gossiping and, and backbiting and, and lying and cursing? What do we look like? How do we represent Jesus? And getting in that prayer closet every day and saying, God, shut my big mouth, God. God, make me a new creature in Christ, God. Let me be pleasing to you, Lord. Am I glorifying you? Am I taking the high road? How do I look examining us? And that doesn't feel good. I just want y'all to know that. <laughs> that doesn't feel good. Well, I think so many people get caught up in, well, I don't know the scripture. I don't know. Like, I just don't know. And I think whenever you put it on the scale of, am I giving love or am I taking love in this situation? Like the greatest of these is love, right? To love the Lord God with all your heart soul and your mind, right? And to love your neighbor as you love yourself, right? So are you giving love or are you taking love? That's the measure that you can use on everything that you do, right? And so at that point, it kind of gives you that guide, right? If you're giving love, that's godly, right? That's what God would want you to do. But if you're in a situation where you don't want to give love, you have to say, I'm going to stop it right here because on that scale, it's not measuring up 
to the life and the abundance that God would want me to have. Because whenever you are not giving love, when you are taking love, you don't feel good. And you're not being the virtuous woman that God wants you to be. The one that somebody Esther is praying in her family, like the one that uh, that Solomon's mom prayed for him to have. The one that she set the standard and said, this is who you are looking for. Like, uh, this is the woman. And so, mm -hmm. yes, yeah. measure to you. And you know what? And, and we will be so pleased when we pray in that one, when God brings us that son-in-law or daughter-in-law that we have prayed in, um, she's going to be, or he's going to be so pleasing to us. You know, uh, my daughter-in-law is so funny and she's so talented and she's so beautiful and she's such a good mom. Um, she is truly such a gift to our family. We, we couldn't imagine our lives without her. And not that we haven't had words, not that things have been perfect, uh, not that we haven't had misunderstandings. We've had all those. It's called family. But we're so thankful for our beautiful, precious daughter-in-law, who is the best mom in the world to our grandchildren. What more could we ask for? Um, and we're fixing to end this. So, you know, I can't end without a Mimi story. The other night, our grandson spent the night with us and he was sleeping between me and his papa. And, uh, you know, he's, you know, two and a half and he's at the, I have to go TT, Mimi, Mimi, I need a drink of water, you know, just all these excuses. And so I said, okay, angel face, it's time to pray. And so we were praying, you know, so I said, okay, go night, night. And so I rolled over and I heard him saying, Jesus, help daddy, help mommy. He was praying for his mama and his daddy. And it just warmed my heart that my angel face was already doing that. It's what we're breathing into them as mamas and daddies and grandparents. And, you know, what kind of example our family needs us to pray. If we have to work, God knows we all have to work. But you know what? Taking that extra five minutes just being that extra example. And so uh, I, I want to do a shout out real fast because this has been on my heart for a few days. Um, I had a, a pastor's wife in uh, 89 who was not a good example of being a pastor's wife. At the lunch table every Sunday, she kind of shared about everything she knew inside the church. And a lot of people were hurt. And when I see her 30 years later, all I see is someone who gossiped and hurt other people. And uh, so when I see her at funerals or whatever, I don't even say hi. She represents a lot of pain when I see her. And in all the years that I've been in the church, I can say that there's only one virtuous woman that I've ever met as a pastor's wife. And I, I really want a shout out to my pastor's wife today because she's such an example of virtuous to me. Because she's a woman of such few words. She doesn't hardly ever say anything. She goes in, sits down, leaves. But she's so consistent, humble, and quiet, and meek. And such an example. And I had to call my pastor the other night. He delivers all my briefment notices for us. 
And I said, I'm so sorry. It's nine o'clock at night. Here I am taking you away from your wife. And he was so gracious. He said, you know, it's just a part of it. She and I said, but she still wants her husband at home. And yet she's so gracious sending him out the door. And she works and she remodels the most beautiful furniture. But I know her example is that if I went to her, she would never say a word because she's never said a word. She's never gossiped about anybody. So if I went to her, I know she never would. So really a shout out to honor my pastor's wife today because when she speaks, I listen because she doesn't. And I really honor her and I really want to thank her today for that example for us because she shares her husband with us. And um, I, I, I'm so, I, I, I'm just honored that she's my pastor's wife today and that she is that example of a virtuous wife. Uh, when I see 31, I thought of Sharon over and over and over. So I'm thankful for her example. Um, and so in us getting ready to close, I want to remind you that um, talking about a, a mother who prayed for her son, uh, Jerob's mother prayed for him in his addiction, in her teaching him. She, her and her husband, were they, they were Christians. It's not like he grew up in a house full of drugs and alcohol and abuse. He didn't. And he strayed and he shares why in the first chapter. But talking about a, a beautiful soul, he will be joining us October the 6th. So I, I really want to encourage you. These books are coming in. I can ship it to you for $15. That includes um, your shipping. Uh, you could email us. You could write down questions that you want us to share and ask him. If you love somebody who has an addiction, no matter what the addiction is, someone who's broken, no matter where the brokenness is coming from, somebody who has been molested or raped or physically abused, no matter where they come from, everything that you will ever see in life is in this book. I read it. I'm methodically reading it again and again and again. I'm highlighting. I'm writing down questions. Him and his wife are the most beautiful couple I've ever seen in my life. They're so beautiful. So I want to encourage you to pre-order this book. Please reach out to me. I'll get it in your hands as quickly as possible. None of the proceeds go to Upward, a ladies Bible study. Any proceeds that go, go right back into Jerob. They go right back into his ministry. And he wants every book in every, this book in every hand of anyone who ever struggled with anything in their life. Um, and this will answer a lot of questions in your life about anybody that you are praying for. So uh, I'm excited about having him on. Please send us questions. Please just um, send for this. You're going to really, really, really love this book. Uh, do you have anything that you want to share, Kay, before we close up today? I do. I want to do a little bit of tidying up okay. um, because people are seeing this on video um, through Facebook or through YouTube, but we're also pushing this through your favorite podcast channel. And so email your prayer requests to us, your study insights, what you took away from our study, um, your praise reports, and maybe even your suggestions to upwardstudy at gmail.com. That's U-P-W-O-R-D-S-T-U-D-Y at gmail.com 
on October 6th, Jared will be interviewed by us. His book is called Author. Uh, he's the author of Prescription for Destruction. To get your book in advance, um, it's only $15. Like Esther said, we've pre-ordered some. It's not for us to make anything that covers your shipping. And the proceeds actually will go back to Jareb. Um, and you can request that again at upwardstudy at gmail.com. We thank you guys. Make sure to let us know where you're watching from, whether you watched it live or the replay. And make sure to share. Get this in someone's hands. If you found value in it, we want the word of God to spread. Um, you know, he says it will not go without, go out void. And so we want you to share that with someone who you think it would make a difference in. You know, we want to encourage one another. And so find us on Facebook, find us on YouTube, Upward, a ladies Bible study. And that's U-P-W-O-R-D, like the word of God. And so strongly, you know, a double-edged sword. And so we thank you so much, Esther, um, for, um, your vision for the study and for your vision for setting women free. And um, we just want to help get people's feet in the right direction, not because we're better than anyone else, not because it's perfect, because I tell you, we are not. But the one thing that we are is consistent with God's word. We know how much it's changed our lives. But it's quite important to, to change yours. And so thank you so much, Esther. Will you pray? Will you add anything and pray us out today? Yes, yes. And I want you ladies to know that Kay and I spend time during the week. Uh, we spend time with Carlita. We spend time with Johnny. We have Bible studies. We mull all this over. And we spend time in praying for you. And so please don't think that we just hang up and we'll see you next Tuesday and it's over. That's not the way it is. We spend time laboring. And so thank you for coming. Thank you for listening. We are so honored to have each and every one of you. Please send us your prayer request. We will stand in agreement with you and your loved one. We have such hearts of mothers and wives uh, more than anything in the world. We, we just love Jesus and we trust him with our children. Amen. So, Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for your word. It will never return to us null and void and hindered, but filled. Father, I pray for every woman in, uh, with, and man hearing our broadcast, Lord. I pray that you will change lives, Lord. I pray that you will remove scales from eyes and plugs from ears. Father, you said that our children will come from the enemy's camp into their own country. And Lord, we call things as though they shall be. Every strayed child, grandchild, husband, daughter, uh, mother, father, God, those that are heavy on our hearts, Lord, we are believing you for their lives, God. And we trust you, Lord. Father, we trust you with them. God, I thank you for your work. God, I thank you for loving us, Lord. I thank you for you. Be glorified today. Be magnified, Lord. Bless our hearers, God. Bless our bless our visitors today, Lord. God, we thank you for all that you do, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we thank you for victory. In Jesus' name, amen. Sister, amen, amen, amen. Thank you guys for joining us. Yes. We will see you next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central for Upward, a ladies' Bible study. Be blessed. Bye. Have a good day.